Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, folks, we... We've been kind of going through the Gospel of Luke over the last year or so, and we've entered into a new section of the Gospel of Luke, which really I refer to as the teaching of Jesus. It's, it's chapter 12 all the way into chapter 19. And so we, we've been kind of hanging out here. We've been working our way through 12, looking at Jesus and some of the things that he has been teaching us. Now, I'm going to have to admit to you that today is a pretty rough passage. So, so did you understand, not everything that Jesus says is flowery and wonderful. Not everything Jesus says is, is so that you feel good and that you feel really wonderful inside. Jesus says some hard things. In fact, he often said hard things. Jesus says things that are very challenging. In fact, today this passage is probably one of the most challenging passages that I've ever had to share with anybody. Because the reality is is that today Jesus is going to talk about, after he's told us everything that we've needed to do up to this point, as far as waiting for him, anticipating him, how we should be living our lives, he's going to talk about our responsibility. And the fact of the matter is, is that each of you, especially if you name the name of Jesus Christ as your Savior, have a responsibility. Let me just say that again. If you're here and and you tell people that you are a follower of Jesus Christ, that He is your Savior, you've placed your trust in Him, with that comes a responsibility. With that comes a life that is accountable later on for how we live now. And so this is pretty hard. In fact, one commentator, he just didn't like this passage. And so he just kind of fluffed it off. And it's like, he, I, I thought, man, you're missing it here. This is something for us today. So wh- what's going on here? So let's look. First of all, we're going to look at verses 41 through 48. So let's look and see. You're saying, okay, how heavy is this passage? Well, let's take a look at it. Look with me, verse 41 through 48. It starts off with a question. Then Peter said to him, Lord... Do you speak this parable only to us or to all the people? And the Lord said, Who then is a faithful and wise steward whom his master would make ruler over his household to give them their portion of food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom the master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you that he will make him ruler over all that he has. But if that servant says says in his heart, My master is delaying his coming and begins to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and be drunk. The master of that servant will come on that day when he is not looking for him at an hour when he is not aware and he will cut him in two and appoint his portion with unbelievers. And that servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself or do according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. But he who does not know, yet committed things deserving of stripes, shall be beaten with a few. 
For everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required. To whom much has been committed, of him they will ask the more. You say, okay, George, wow, what's going on here? Well, we're going to divide this passage into three sections. First of all, we're going to look at what the question is. Peter proposes a question to Jesus. Then we're going to look at the whole issue of faithfulness. What is faithfulness? What does it mean for you and I to be faithful? And then we're going to look at the issue of judgment. The issue of judgment. So let me just go ahead and say right off the bat, this passage today is not talking about people who do not believe. It's not talking about someone who has not placed their trust and commitment in Jesus Christ. This passage is for those who claim to be Christians. This passage is for those who say that they are followers of Jesus Christ, who, who are telling the world that they are believers. That's who this passage is for. So let's notice what's going on here. First of all, the question. Here's what happened. Jesus, let's set up the setting here. Peter asks a question in verse 41. Jesus, who are you talking about? Because remember, he was just talking about that we need to live our lives with an expectancy, with an expectancy of Jesus showing up, with an expectancy of the Master coming. So he's telling that to all of us. So you need to live your lives in light of the fact that Jesus is going to be coming back. So Peter comes along, verse 41, and he, he's asking a question, Master, who's this parable for? Is it for us, the disciples, that is the twelve who are around him, a select few, or is it for the people, that is for the multitude who are there? Remember, there are a multitude there. Tens of thousands are there to listen to him. Who's this for? Here's what's going on. Two things I want you to see here. First of all, here's what's going on. Peter understands, he understands the commitment Jesus calls for. What do you mean the commitment? Remember what he said, starting at the beginning of chapter 12. We looked at those teachings. Number one, don't be a fake. Don't be a hypocrite. You be real. Don't present yourself as having your act together spiritually, because that's what the Pharisees do. But on the inside, they're a mess. Then he goes on and says, look, don't be fearful of men. Don't live in fear of men, especially of what they're going to do to you, especially if you live your life for me. Don't be ruled by the fear of men. The next thing he goes on and says this is what? He goes on and says, look, don't you worry about the things of this life. Don't you worry about who's going to take care of you and so forth, because I am. And then he goes on and says what? You live your life in expectancy of me. Those are the things he's telling us to do. I mean, that's a serious commitment there, right, isn't it? To be real? To don't live in the fear of men? I mean, just those three things right there. And don't worry about the stuff of life, who's going to take care of me? I mean, come on. I mean, I can't even think of how many times I've done that this week. I'm already thinking about today. That's the way we live our life, isn't it? So Peter is understanding the commitment here that Jesus is calling for. He understands the commitment. This is a serious thing Jesus is calling us to. But here's the next point. He wonders, who does it apply to? See, that's the thing. Every time we walk into a room like this where we study the Scriptures... That question's got to enter into your mind. Who does it apply to? Now, some of us will say, oh, it doesn't apply to me. And we'll just brush it off. See, this is where Peter's at. He understands the commitment. He understands what Jesus is calling us to. And the natural question that comes out of who, who are you talking about, Jesus? Is, is, it, is it us or is it the people? He's wondering who does it apply to. So I want you to notice, Jesus doesn't answer him directly. If you notice that in the passage, if you look at the passage, Jesus doesn't sit there and say, oh, well, it's you guys, or, or it's the people. He doesn't answer that. He, he goes on and he describes what faithfulness is. 
What does it mean to be a faithful servant? See, you're here today and you profess that you are a believer in Jesus Christ. What does it mean to be faithful? What does it mean for you to truly say that you are a believer in Jesus Christ? Here's one thing I want you to see. Look with me. Verse 42. Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom the master will make ruler over his household to give them their portion of food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom the master will find so doing when he comes. Here's what I want you to see. Number one, he's obedient to the master. Faithfulness is obedience, folks. Faithfulness is doing what Jesus says. In fact, Jesus said this in other places of of the Gospels. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. That's Jesus saying that. You know what, here's the thing. In in, in Christian circles today, especially in church circles today, I'm going to be honest with you, talk is cheap. And and you get people together, especially when we're singing great songs and whatever, and, and the natural response is to say, Oh, I love you, Jesus. And it just flows off our lips because we sing songs like that. We love you, Jesus. But I'm going to be honest with you, talk is cheap. If when you walk out of here, that's the last time you really mean you love you, Jesus. Because your love is going to be expressed in the way that you live your life. And faithfulness, you being a faithful follower of Jesus Christ, Jesus is pointing out here means is that you're going to be obedient to the Master. Now let me just stop for a moment. It means being obedient to what Jesus says, not what a bunch of rules are that maybe church comes up with. What do you mean? Well, I know what those rules are. For years I lived in those rules. Can't go here, don't go to the movie house, can't listen to that music, can't dress this way, got to wear a suit, got to have your hair cut short, no facial hair. I mean, remember those kind of rules. You know, it's interesting. Boy, what bondage we were under, huh? There's the thing, though. None of that Jesus said anything about. Do you understand? And actually, the things that Jesus did say something about, those were the things we ignored. Think about it. What do you mean the things that he said something about? Well, he says it right here. Here's the next thing. He meets the needs of others. Here's what a faithfulness is. He meets the needs of others. Look at what he says there, verse 42. The master will make him ruler over his household to give them their portion of food in due season. Blessed is the servant whom the master will find doing so when he comes. Here's what this servant does. He serves the needs of others around him. Now, over and over in the scripture, I see Jesus saying things like that. That we are to meet the needs of others around us. In fact, Jesus said this, By this shall they know that you are my disciples, by their what? Love for one another. This is how the world's supposed to know that we're followers of Jesus Christ, folks. Is that we love each other. Is that the testimony we give today in this country? Probably not. More than likely not. See, if I'm going to be faithful... Look, it goes back to, remember what the great commandments are? To love the Lord God with all thy heart, soul, strength, and mind. And what? To love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, on these two, what? The whole law hinges. Everything about spirituality, everything about the Christian life hinges on those two things. What? Loving God and loving other people. Isn't it interesting that he's saying right here in this passage the very same thing? The faithful servant is what? Obedient to the master. He's obedient to God, loves God, and what? Loves his neighbor. That's faithfulness. That's faithfulness. You want to reduce the Christian life down to something? It's you loving God and you meeting the needs of other people around you. You loving them. 
You loving them. Let's go on now. Here, here's what else he says. Look with me. We're going to get to the issue of judgment now. Because this is where the rubber meets the road. This is how we know it's talking to us who are called Christians, not to unbelievers. But if that servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming, and begins to beat the male and female servants, and to eat and drink and be drunk, the master of that servant will come on that day when he is not looking for him, and at an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in two and appoint his portion with him with unbelievers. The issue is judgment here. Here's what I want you to see. Here's what happened. This is a lazy servant. This is a, this is a worthless servant. Here's what I want you to see. He doesn't take the master seriously. Ouch. You know, when I'm reading this passage, I'm going to be honest with you. The picture is this. The master is going away on a journey. He's going away for some time. He tells his servants, I'm going away. I'm going to come back at some point, but I'm going away. You don't know when I'm going to come back, but I'm going to just suddenly appear. I'm going to come back. And the picture is is that the servants are to be anticipating his coming at any point. At some point, the master is going to come back. Now, folks, this is a picture of what's really happening. Jesus, what, died, rose again. He ascended to heaven. He told his followers, in like manner as you see me, I'm going to come back. Now, the problem is it's been 2,000 years, folks. 2,000 years. This is the picture I want you to see here. Now, here's what happens, though. The problem is is that you and I, I know I've done this. It's been 2,000 years. We can get to the place where we're like this worthless servant and we don't take the master seriously. Do you understand what I'm saying? So we kind of fluff off today. How about we kind of fluff off for the month of February? You know what? I'm going to fluff off for 2012 with my Christian life. How many of you have done that before? You know, you, you're, you love the Lord, you're excited about the Lord, but then other things come along and you get distracted and you just decide, well, you know, hey, the Lord will be there when I turn back. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? How many of you may have said it this way? Well, I know I shouldn't do that, but I can always ask for forgiveness. See, those are the attitudes where we don't take seriously the Master. We don't take seriously Jesus. And and we have this attitude, well, you know, I prayed that prayer, I'm okay. I remember when I did that. I got baptized. Pastor, you you baptized me. See, the the reality is, is what's going on here is, is we think, oh, you know, yeah, he's coming back, but it's been a while. We don't take him seriously. Now, here's what else this guy does. He just doesn't not take the master seriously. He mistreats others. He mistreats others. Look at what he does there. He's saying, my master is delaying his coming. And here's what else he does. He begins to beat the male and female servants. Folks, I've said this before. You may want to write this down. You want to know where somebody is at spiritually? Do you want to know where somebody is at spiritually? Watch how they treat others. I'll say it again. You want to know where somebody is at spiritually. Watch how they treat others. See, it's not enough to simply say, oh, I love Jesus. But then you go on and you treat others around you like they're garbage. You go on and you verbally abuse people, maybe physically abuse or emotionally abuse people. Do you know what I'm saying? It's, it, it, you know, And we're all guilty of that, aren't we? 
We're all guilty of our own little thing with each other. And, and the problem is, is, folks, what that's revealing is what? The condition of my heart. It's revealing the condition of my heart and what I truly believe about Jesus. Is it any wonder that when so many people outside of the church look in the church, they immediately accuse the church of being filled with what? Hypocrites. Now, what do they mean by that? I'm going to be honest with you. What they mean by that is, is you are saying one thing, but you're living another. And so on one hand, you're saying, I love Jesus. Woo! I love you, Jesus. Group hug. But on the next moment, I'm backbiting. I'm critical. I'm just downright rude and mean and belligerent to other people. See, this is what this worthless servant was doing. He didn't take the master seriously. I'm going to be honest with you. That's where it comes. When you mistreat other people, you're not taking the master seriously. I'm going to be honest with you. How can you say that, George? Because if you understood what the Scripture says, you would understand very clearly that you and I are accountable for our actions towards other people. And the way that we treat other people, we will one day answer for. Period. Period. So this is the worthless servant. Here's what happens, though. This is where this is where this commentator was hung up by. I'm not hung up by it because this is the reality. Here's what's going on. Look with me at verse 46. The master will come on that day when he is not looking for him and an hour when he is not aware, and he will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with unbelievers. What's going on here? Well, what he's saying is, is one day the master's going to show up. One day the master's going to come at an unexpected time. So, folks, let me just help you realize something. One day Jesus is going to come back. Well, okay, we say it's been 2,000 years. He hasn't come back. Okay, fine. But one day you're going to breathe your last breath. And you're going to meet him. And you don't know when that is. You have no clue when that is. I mean, think about it for a moment. You know, I think about the loved ones in my life. None of them expected to die when they died. None of them. You don't know when. And what will happen is, is he will come back, he'll come for you, or he will come back, and here's what's going to happen. You're going to be caught unaware. And all of a sudden, reality hits. And the truth of where you really are at will be revealed. And here's what he says about these guys. Here's what he says. He will, he will be rejected as an unbeliever. Here's, this guy, he thinks he's okay. He calls a master, but he doesn't take him seriously. And he's mistreating other people. And then one day the master is going to show up. And let me explain something to you. What is described here is pretty brutal. It says he will cut him in two. That's pretty brutal, isn't it? He's talking about the harshest form of punishment. But to help you to understand what I'm talking about here, I, mean, I told you Jesus says some hard things here. Look at what he says here. And appoint him his portion with unbelievers. What's he saying here? Their destiny is judgment. It's hell. Oh, wait a minute, Jordan, i got a problem with that. See, this is what that commentator had. Because maybe you've been here and you've been taught, you know, once you're saved, you're, you're always saved, and you don't need to worry about anything because you prayed. You know what? I believe that. But I'm going to be honest with you. How do you know you're saved? What saves you is faith in Jesus Christ and the reality of what he's done for you, not the prayer, not the baptism. And remember, this servant didn't take him seriously. So what does that reflect about what he believes? He doesn't believe the master that much. 
He just gives lip service. This servant mistreated other believers around him. What does that tell you about what he believes? You see, the point, the fact of the matter is, is he wasn't saved. And when the master does come back, his delusion will soon become reality. And so he will be rejected as an unbeliever. And so Jesus goes on, and here's the point. Here's the reality. Look with me at verse 47. And the servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself or do according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. But he who did not know yet committed these things deserving of stripes shall be beaten with few. For every one to whom much is given, from him much will be required. And to whom much has been committed, of him they will ask the more. Here's what I want you to see. You are responsible for what you know. You are responsible for what you know. You know, it's interesting. The Bible says, you may not be aware of it, that me, a pastor, will have a greater judgment than you. Do you realize that? I have to give an account for more things than you in life. That scares me. Because I get up here and I communicate the truth. Sometimes... I, I stand in judgment of the, of the very thing that I communicate. And the one day is, is I have to stand before God and say to him, Okay, Lord, everything I've ever taught from your word, I already know I don't match up. Because I lack. See, everything you hear, you're responsible for. This is what Jesus is saying. In fact, he goes on, this is why the message is for those who are believers, not for those who have not made a commitment to Jesus Christ. Because here's what he's saying. The person who doesn't know about Jesus, the person who doesn't know and still does the same things, oh yeah, he's going to be judged, but his judgment will be less than the one who knows. Do you understand what I'm saying? His judgment will be less than the fellow who said, I love Jesus. This is hard, isn't it? You and I are responsible for what we know. That's tough. You know, the reality is, I'd like to be able to say at this point, well, let's talk about something cheery and rosy and wrap this all up and make it wonderful so you can go home and feel good. There isn't anything here for me to help you feel good. And that's reality, though, isn't it? I mean, that's why I think it is the Word of God, because the Word of God just doesn't make you feel good. It confronts you with the reality of who you are. So here's some thoughts for you as we close our time. Here's a question that was running in my mind as I was studying this passage over and over. It is a question that I was talking about myself, but it's a question I give to you. What type of servant are you? What type of servant are you, George? What type of servant are you folks who are here today? I mean, you, are you one of these folks who says, I love Jesus, but you are just trashing the people around you? You love Jesus, but you don't take him seriously about what he says about your life and how you should be living your life? In fact, you're banking on the love of Jesus, but you've forgotten the judgment of Jesus. You know what I mean? You're banking on his love and forgiveness, but let me explain something to you. God is love. He's perfect love, but he's also the perfect judge. That's reality. What kind of servant are you? Are you real? Are you, are, is, is your profession real? Or is it lip service? What kind of a servant are you? Will you be found faithful when he comes back? Or if he calls you to himself? Will you be found faithful? Or are you worthless? 
you know, it's, it's, it's time for us to be honest. And here, here's, here's, here's George. I'll be honest with you. On days, I know I'm worthless. You're worthless? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you need confirmation, just talk to Lori. She'll tell you. Yeah, there's days he's definitely worthless. That's true for all of us, isn't it? Let's be real. You know what? This is, can I be honest with you? More people reject Christianity and Jesus not because of Jesus. It's because of the followers of Jesus. And this is what Jesus is getting to. What kind of follower are you? Are you a lip service guy? Or gal? I mean, what, what kind of follower are you? Are you real? What kind of servant are you? What type of servant are you? And then here's the thing. Make your choice. Make your choice. Quit playing games. God is not into games. He's not into the verbal gymnastics, into the mental, mental games, and, and, and jump through this hoop and that hoop and whatever. God's not into that. It, it's, it's cut and dry with Him. You make your choice. Are you going to be somebody who is faithful and is going to be found faithful, or are you going to be worthless? I mean, the outcome for one is, is that he said, if I find you faithful, I will give you greater things to be responsible over. Greater reward. If I find you worthless, your, your portion is accounted with the unbeliever. Pretty, pretty straightforward, isn't it? What kind of servant are you? Make your choice. That's where we're at today, folks. I mean, it, it's one thing. Listen, here, let, let's be real. Let's quit playing games. Let's quit playing games about our faith. Let's quit playing games about what we believe. It's either what we believe or it's not. So make your choice. Make your choice because you are responsible for what you know. So here's your action point this week. Choose to be found faithful. choose to be found faithful. Now, some of you here, you're going to immediately say, boy, that is just so overwhelming, George. I don't know how I can do it. Because you don't know how many things that I'm doing that's wrong, and you want me just to just to step up and just take care of all of them. Once It ain't going to happen. But you know what? You're right. It isn't. But you need to take the step and begin to work on them. You need to take the step and to begin to say, Lord, in this area I know that I am not doing right. Help me in this area. Lord, I know that in this relationship I am not treating that person right. But Lord, you don't know what they did to me. Okay, but I'm not doing right, Lord. Lord, I need you to help me with my attitude there. You've got to take one small step at a time. If you're making that choice that you're going to choose to be found faithful this week, it's got to start off in small things. Don't all of a sudden start walking around with a giant Bible at work. Hey, what's going on? I'm going to be found faithful. Somebody's going to report you to the mental health unit. That's not the way you do it. You take it one small area in your life at a time and you give it over to the king. Lord, help me. Help me with my attitudes. Help me in my relationships. I want to be found faithful. It's a race, folks. 
you've got to take him seriously. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.